Punkt. Goed, joh. Mac sauce. If that's not the name of this episode, I don't know what it is. Don't be banging the table. <laughs> Poor Dave has to edit the episode. Sorry, Welcome back Dave. to the Annoyed Way podcast episode... 11. 11. 1-1. One, one. The result in the weekend was not 1-1. One, one. No. It was not. It was 2-1. 2-1, thanks to a very, very spicy substitution <laughs> in Mac sauce. What a man. Well, is he a midfielder? Me and Dave were literally talking about this this morning, right? Um, about not getting carried away with ourselves, for one. <laughs> I don't think McSauce needs to be starting every week. Right, absolutely not. But I do feel he could be utilised as an attacking substitution. Yeah. Way more often. I mean, I know he came to the club as a striker. I mean, I think he was a number 10 when he came to the club. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, as, as he had that growth sport. But, uh, finish for the first goal. The Ridiculous! Touch. The touch. <laughs> the touch. That's out of this world. He took two touches, wasn't it? Two touches. One, now one is his foot is real high. Takes it down, steps back, Cantona yeah. like little, yeah. little jig, and then slots in the bottom yeah. corner. Unbelievable! And even the header for the second one. But the other thing is, it's his positioning to yeah. spot where to be in the box. His positioning is spot. His on. positioning is spot on. Yeah. He knows where to be in the box. He knows where to be dangerous in the box, and yeah. you can't teach that. No, you cannot teach that. No, and that's where he's he's playing in that essentially playing in that position for Scotland so why not utilise him there and considering I mean he's basically Scotland's answer to Ronaldo yeah the LUHD accounts would be like oh these oh, idiots here wanting Scott McTominay to a be a rotational striker with, with Rasmus Hoyland but if it works it works and while Jose we have Jose Mourinho played John Terry up front once Mourinho, did, play, Mourinho played Fellaini up front yeah so well, Mourinho wanted Scott essentially slotted into that holding midfield position mm. and he did listen you can't say he didn't do a good job at times there no I, I think, think if you go back to the Europa League final he's probably the best player on the pitch yeah we lost the final but he's the best player on the pitch and I think with players now like Am- I thought Amrabat was very impressive yeah Talk Casemiro was piss poor yeah there's there's a huge issue there yeah the, I don't know what it is but he was piss poor like the goal that we gave away I think like, it's just a drop in everything I think it's a drop in confidence fitness Um his form has just gone completely out the window. Yeah. It might be an age thing. Don't know what it is. Like it seems to be a, a lapse in concentration and it's costing us. Yeah. Like that pass to Amrabat that gave away the ball. And then his yeah. his rash tackle to Troy win it back puts him takes him out of the yeah. game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um yeah. He's I a number a as I said though, he's a number eight now. He plays he plays a little further up in that midfield. You can't um trust him as the, as a number six. No wanting to clean everything up it's mad because he was so like at Madrid as I always said he was the the cleaner yeah. essentially behind Cruz and Modric but now it's just yeah like what the, the, what Matic done for Chelsea on the, when the last time they won, yeah. won the league and then he came to us on, uh, with Mourinho like that uh, almost like a destroyer role where he just breaks exactly. counter-attacks that's, and he just yeah. breaks up play and just hands the ball off to the creative lads. That's why he done so well. It's why Modric and Kroos operated so well. Yeah. And then last season, he done that well for us as well. But he's not that going now. I think he did though, but he expressed himself a lot more in midfield last year more mm. compared to when he played at Real Madrid. Yeah, for I think sure. He, he, at Real Madrid, with every coach that managed him, Ancelotti, Zidane, like he was given strict instructions this is your job. You sit there directly behind these two fellas who can yeah, create something with the click of a finger. And do not deviate. So, but you're going you're gonna to clean up for them and let them do what they need to do going forward. Yeah, and do not you deviate know? from the plan. Exactly. And now he's kind of, you know, he's come into this new team. He's, was essentially last season he was playing with the likes of Fred, Ericsson, but it was him, Ericsson and Bruno. And I think he kind of fancied himself thinking, I can play in the role that Ericsson's playing in. Mm. You know, I can I can create. I didn't get to do that at Real Madrid, so now is my opportunity. You know, and I'm not no disrespect to our midfielders, but they're not Cruz and Modric. Do you know no, what I mean? No, Let's be, you no know, disrespect. No disrespect. <laughs> no, but there are players as well, and I don't want to, we don't yeah, like putting yeah. down our own players, but... 
yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I just think he's <sighs> Onana's taking the rap for his mistakes. Now, sh- so. should Onana be saving them? Some of them shots, like the, the strike uh, on Saturday, uh, he should absolutely, he should absolutely be saving that. Yeah. I know it takes a, def- a deflection, right? So I will actually give him the benefit of the doubt here, right? Because as he dives, right, you can see the angle of his palm is to turn it away around the post, and it takes a deflection and it goes under his wrist. Yeah, right. So I will give him a slight, slight benefit there, but that wrist should be fucking firm. Yeah. So I mean, so even no matter what, unless the deflection takes it over you, you should be mm. stopping that. Yeah. So, right, I'll, I'll leave that one there. But we, I think we actually win a free kick and the ball gets played to Casemiro and then he, yeah. without even looking, just turns and, and tries to play in our bat. And it's schoolboy stuff. That is a schoolboy era. So experienced like him. Not even a player as experienced as him, like any player at that level. Yeah. Any Premier League player that, like should not be making that, that, that mistake, like that error. It's just yeah. unacceptable. Um, it's fitness levels <laughs> a major concern big time I think the fitness levels of the whole club major concern um, between the compiling injury list and uh, well we've no defence quite literally like no the, we literally have no defence the only like the defenders that we're fielding right now are the only defenders we actually have available <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean like right. we played Johnny Evans at left back yeah at times he slotted in there, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, no, we played Lindelof at left back, sorry, and then Maguire and Maguire. Evans. What about Maguire? Do you know what? He's been okay, hasn't he? I actually said it. Uh, I said it today this, uh, this morning. I thought he played. I thought he played brilliant. I really thought he played brilliant. Um, there's even a clip where I think he passes the ball back to uh, Onana and he just points out uh, to Delow, and then Onana just pops it out to Delow. You just see Maguire clapping. <laughs> I'm like, bro, first of all, relax. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But, but secondly, um, I think that's that's two two games now where he's been brought back into the fold and both games he played very well. So yeah. um, credit to Harry Maguire. Yeah. yeah. You can't... Well, it's always good having a player who has something to prove. And Maguire Absolutely. had the kind of... Um, now, I don't follow him on socials, but he seems to be quiet on socials. He's, yeah, he seems to be quiet which, enough. If he's, he, he had the luxury of you know putting in a disaster class of a performance and starting the next game mm, you know he had he, he doesn't have that anymore and it was the same kind of situation with Luke Shaw as well when they brought in Telus yeah and all of a sudden right kind of kick up the arse for Luke Shaw and i honestly thought that Maguire during the um the covid the covid season uh, it was a 2020 21 mm. season i thought he was unbelievable that year i thought he was yeah. one of the best center backs in the league Easily, or thought so. So, do you think he's warmed his way back in? Possibly, and uh, you know, it's it, it's listen, it's a, it's a case of of motivation. Yeah, and it's you need that little kick up the arse to kind so of. So, do you think then it'd be like a bug's life? You'll turn into a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, but I don't want to say. I, I Lindelof as well. He's just gone completely off the off the boil. Off the boil because he. Gone. I think when the injuries forced happened and he slotted in, he played so well. He had one or two games there. Look, I mean, he played really well. Was that last season? Just no. Tail end the last season? Uh, the big, this season. Yeah. He, was he in there with Martinez when Varane got injured first? Well, I liked him and, and Shaw as a pairing. I thought they, they surprised me greatly. Yeah. But last couple of games, I know I know he's picked up an injury now, I think, but last last couple of games he's been piss. Really bad. Been really bad. Um, we can, I spoke about it last I week. I think um, his... Um, I know he played left, left back there... Um, and maybe it's inexperienced playing in that position but you are a Premier League footballer you've played football at a highest level your entire life um, how can you not hold your position because it's his man who scores yeah because he gets sucked in mm. um, and if that's a more experienced left back they probably hold that position a bit better yeah. and, and identify that um, danger yeah at, at the back post yeah um, I actually think it's it, it's him who makes a piss poor clearance is it? I think forced isn't it yeah it was him he made he the makes the piss poor clearance clearance tame yeah. clearance and then uh, it's his man who gets the strike away and I actually think it's Lindelof's deflection. Yeah. It, so, it was, it was so I mean it's it's yeah. three he doesn't get he doesn't get enough on the clearance, leaves his man unmarked, yeah. and then doesn't get enough on the block. Yeah. Like, like I mean Lamidus. they are three errors back to back that result in a goal. But I know you can't he can't take him out. No, because there's no one to support in there. No. And Amrabat needs to play in the midfield because the midfield is is empty. Yeah. Do you know what I mean I know we've got Mount back now, I thought Mount played very well. 
that's two games in a row yeah. now. I thought he played very well. Um, th- you think he is utilised out, out right a little bit more. You can kind of see him yeah. drifting into those those areas, and I think that probably suits him a bit. I think it suits Bruno uh, stretching that that front line out gives Bruno much more of, uh, space to operate in that ten row yeah. in between the lines. Yeah, it does. Um, I think that's probably the way to go. Uh, and then using the likes of Anthony to come off the bench. Thought Anthony was okay when he came on. Didn't really do anything bad, but also didn't yeah. do anything amazing. Um, I think there's one or two things that he consistently does that really annoys me when he like he cuts back and so he always tries to make this kind of square angled pass inside yeah. and it often gets cut out. Um, I just think that's something that he needs to cut out, out of his game because against other teams, you will get punished on the counter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, we were playing against a team that are... He's very safe, though. Very safe. As, as a winger, he's very safe. Um, yeah. He, if you could take half of what Rashford does and give it to Anthony. Like, Rashford takes yeah. too much out of the ball and Anthony almost is too indecisive. Yeah. When Rashford is very decisive, in other words, like, I'm just going to go at this fucker, yeah. whether it's the right decision or not. If you could just take half of that yeah. and give it to Anthony and just balance them two out, I think he'd be on to And I've seen, I've seen Anthony kind of do that and express himself a bit more yeah, about, yeah. or taking on players no, and it's worked yeah. like he's, he's got so much pace in his locker that he should utilise that a lot more yeah you know Um, I think with Ahmad coming back now as well I think he's back soon enough I think he'll be given a, couple, a few more opportunities Um, I'd like know, to, I'd, history there as I was well. just about to mention I'd like to see him brought into the foul a little bit more yeah Um. I know Hannibal's getting a bit more game time this year. Again, I'd like to see him utilise more. Maybe that's where the cup runs come in. And, and where he's used a bit and more. And Moynou as well. And Moynou as well when he comes back from injury. Like I think he's a player that really needs to be moulded. Yeah. Because he, he is a player. You've got a player on the hands with him. And uh, if you can manage his minutes and get him the experience he needs, particularly in cup games, the Carabao Cup and, and the FA yeah. Cup, uh, I think he'll be absolutely brilliant. Uh, Torquenacho played well. I know he got the assist for mm. technically an assist for the first. I don't even think it went down as an assist because I think Delow gets a strike away first. But yeah. I think he goes well. He does well to get boys man uh, to the boy line, yeah. keep the ball and play and get get across in. Um, and you can see how much it means to the young He's hungry to win. Yeah, he is. You saw you saw it in the Champions League uh, game when when we lost. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he was he was. I don't know if it's pissed or devastated a mixture of both he, he wasn't yeah. happy do you know what I mean no, him and Hoyland yeah. have this you know very young players hungry eight, about 18 and 20 and they have this hunger in them where they just want to win They're, you know it, and in a sense that's that's kind of a maturity in a young yeah, player as absolutely. well you know you don't see you don't see that too often with some players certain players who decide to fall out with the manager and stay up until four o'clock in the morning playing the PS5 yeah do you know what I mean? And like, yeah, we, we we kind of alluded to this, and I was I've spoke about the Beckham documentary probably as much as David Beckham himself now at this stage. <laughs> and um, I keep alluding to the fact uh, how Beckham was dropped for United. Yeah. At one, at one point, he was dropped for England at one point. Mm. He was dropped from Madrid at one point. Made the train on his own at all them apart from United, he wasn't made the train on his own. But made train on his own at Madrid. Made train on his own with England mm. and never once never once came out with any sort of statements any sort of thing about the manager oh. now nothing ever especially at United because I mean he just didn't do that with Ferguson but even with England even with Madrid never ever came out what he done is he went away trained showed up for training every day on time trained hard and then when he got his opportunity off the bench he showed the manager why he shouldn't be dropped Yeah, and that's the fucking difference that is the difference. These players, you know, have this fucking attitude where they feel it's a God-given right to be wearing that short, to be on that pitch. It's the, it's the price tag that they're bought for and it's the wages. It's the fucking agents blown and their families blown steam up their arse. Agents are a, are a huge factor in all of that now. Yeah. So like, they're blown steam up a player's arse. You can get your football elsewhere. I'll get you this. I'll get you this. Yeah. Why doesn't a player turn around and say, No. I'm at the club that I want to be at. I want to be on that pitch. So why don't you get your fucking toys back into the pram and get your shit together and fucking try it? Unfortunately, you know, 
the David Beckhams of this world are a rarity. Do you know what I mean? And I, I there's not just David Beckham. It's the Wayne Rooney's, the Cristiano Ronaldo's. You know, th- those players are rare in today's game. Mm. You know, players that if they when shit at hits all. the fan, they knuckle down, knuckle down, knuckle down, knuckle down, and then they finally get back to the spot that they were at. You know, it happened to Rooney all the time. I've seen Rooney get dropped for United and he never, like his confidence never dropped. Yes, there was that issue where he wanted to move away in 2010, I believe. Mm. But it's it's the attitude of these players. It's, you know, I think with Rooney and Ronaldo, they were the last of a of a dying breed yeah. um, because they had the experience of playing with, you the know. The likes of Keane. The likes of Keane, Scholes. Yeah. Giggs, Gary Neville, all of these old school players that learned from the likes of Cantona, Robson, yeah. Steve Bruce, Gary Pallister. You know? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's standards. That's what it is. Uh, Sancho, best to move the lad on. I, I, you know, I think we also need to be careful as well. I know he's displaying an attitude that does need to be called out, but I think. I'm looking at, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I'm hearing everything and the refusal to apologise to Eric Ten Hag and I think his mental health should come in to, to play here because mm. I think that's... And a mate did say it to me, a mate of mine did say, he said, look, you can get enraged all you want, you know, that's okay, but also think of that kid's mental health because he's obviously deeply troubled if he's that... Stubborn, and if he's staying up late playing plays, if if his if his if there his head's un- not there, if his ambition is not there, yeah, there's an underlying. Do you know what I mean? One hundred percent, because it's a rare case. It, 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 I, 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 I've never seen anything like it. No, and it's, and it seems to be a little pattern yeah. of, of of what we've heard from stories. We won't say who told us the story, but uh, we heard a story about him going into and when he was at Man City. Yeah. Very, very kind of similar kind of attitude issue yeah. uh, and I don't think you have attitude issues like that unless mm. there is a, an underlining issue somewhere Yeah. Um, look we go back to uh, to standards and touching on the Beckham documentary I remember tweeting this the other day someone said I'm watching the Beckham documentary and I'm kind of frustrated by how Gary Neville consistently underplays his own football ability oh, that um, annoyed me as well and someone says then uh, the reason people don't rate Gary is because he's ran this 10 year long campaign telling everybody that he was buying average um, and he says I've no idea why and I said uh, better to be underrated than overrated yeah. right <laughs> so put it that way yeah that's the truth um, isn't it and he said uh, yeah maybe I'm uh, just sick of how people uh, seriously think that Trent was a better player uh, a better defender than, than Gary Neville or whatever uh, and I said, yeah, I get you. But that was just the mentality of the Fergie team and that class of 92 that won the Youth Cup under Eric, Har- uh, Eric Harrison. There were standards set for the entire club, yeah. from youth all the way to the very top. Yeah. From how we coach, yeah. how we dictate ourselves at the club, how we dress yeah. at the club. You know, the the only black boots rule for, for so long. Yeah. Um, how you show up on match day. I mean, how you conduct yourself. <laughs> and Except then for Eric. Except for Eric. You can wear what you want, Eric. Eric was the except. You look fantastic, Eric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 100%. Um, but that was a long, long time a long-winded project Yes, that Ferguson had set in for years. Yeah. Like, you're talking that class of 92, that was six years after Ferguson was appointed. And, you know, he had to get rid of some really, what players that we never got to watch, but from what, you know, our elders tell us, some wonderful players like the likes of Whiteside, Paul McGrath. You know, he got rid of players that I think there was a lot of, there was a, la- a, a kind of a lackadaisical kind of approach with some of those players that mm. had unbelievable ability. Yeah, because like, I think... Uh, Paul McGrath is probably one of the best, I mean, he was one of the best centre-backs in the world at one point. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But I think it was the fact that these players, as you go, you go back to all the time, there wasn't enough application from those players. Well, not Robson not was one to, of them. Um, Robson was one of them, but he was just so fucking good yeah. that he kept him on. You know? I think the, the other side of that is like Ferguson knew the level of dedication. Uh, Ferguson knew the level of standards that needed to be met 
He knew the requirements to reach the yeah. complete upper echelons of football. And he knew that those players just had not got the discipline and the application to get there. They had the skill. Yeah. But they didn't have the other the other traits. And that's why Ferguson had to move those players on. Yeah. I think there's a quote when uh, about Cantona coming. I think it might be Steve Bruce that says it. Um after a game or something like that or after training one of the days uh, they were all going to the pub for points and Eric went down onto the pitch with a bag of balls yeah. and they all basically said oh well he's making us look bad we can't go for points yeah. now if he's out there so that was one player setting yeah. standards changed the whole philosophy and that's an interesting thing about Cantona because you do hear a lot of stories oh Ferguson was very easy on him he let him do but Cantona fucking put in the, the hard work himself I don't think he needed to be told and that's no. why Ferguson was so easy on him. That's why Ferguson kind of knew he, he had this um, otherworldly personality about him yeah. that you can't really crack that. Yeah. You can't crack that as a coach. But he saw that this guy wasn't messing around. Can work in and he doesn't mess around. And then there's stories about how he was quite harsh on players like Ryan Giggs. But then there's stories of Ryan yeah. Giggs getting ready for a night out with, with Sharpie and Fergie Bush through the door. So that's why he's harsh on he you. He had a spies around Manchester. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But that's why he was harsh on yeah. Giggsy because he knew Giggsy had the skill. Yeah. But he was lacking in the application. He said, well, I need to nip this in the bud quickly yeah. and get this kid in line. Otherwise, this is going to spoil and then I lose him. But, and that's the whole thing. With this class of 92, when you look back at it, it was the long-term plan for Ferguson and, and Eric Harrison putting all of this together. Yeah. Thinking to himself, I've got rid of some of these really fantastic players who played for us in the 80s. I have to build. I have to build those same players. You know, I have to mold bring in them. some, mould these players yeah. into how I want them to play, into the approach, you know, how I want them, their sta- you know, how I want my standards to be set upon them in a sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what he did with the class of 92. Yeah. Because a lot of people were baffled by Ferguson getting rid of some of those players big time they really were big time um, I mean there is always that famous quote you never want anything with kids they went on to be the most dominant like the most dominant team most in England dominant team I came from an ex-Liverpool player as well it was beautiful <laughs> <laughs> but like um, yeah I, I just you know obviously watching the, the Beckham documentary there's a, a huge sense of nostalgia involved there it's why I think every United fan will watch that and, and they'll really in, enjoy it because, yeah um, there's quite a lot of football in the documentary and obviously there's, there's a lot of football uh, and there's also a lot of football from his United era like I mean um, watching the the clips from 99 uh, the FA Cup semi-final or the FA Cup semi-final uh, against Arsenal against Arsenal um, and I thought it was that funny that was the opening goal uh, yeah I thought it was fu- I thought it was quite funny like I know it's Beckham's production company and the, and the documentary is about him but they show his opening goal but they don't show Giggsy's win <laughs> and they don't show the lob from Andy Cole yeah. the Spurs game in the Spurs game yeah <laughs> so I know it's his production company and it's about him but I did notice those yeah um, and then obviously the final um, and then you know that famous commentary can, can you know it score they always score and uh, they didn't. Um, that wasn't featured in the documentary. No. That that um, line from line of commentary from Clyde Tiddlesley. Yeah, they didn't feature it. Um, but I thought it was amazing to uh, crazy how shit they were for that game, like for the majority of that game. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I also thought it was. Um, did you see the bit from his, his wedding, Gary Neville's? Best man speech. Oh, it's one from where they asked the Munich team to come here, and they were like, and then they asked why, and I'm like they wanted to see eleven men on top for ninety minutes and not come first. <laughs> <laughs> what a line! He definitely didn't come up with that himself either. I'm sorry, Neville, you didn't. Someone wrote that for Someone you. Someone definitely. Someone wrote definitely wrote that, wrote Someone that for in the, Yeah. But uh, quality, quality joke, and then the purple suits at his wedding. Yeah. Whoever had that idea. In Luttrellstown Castle. Yeah, yeah. Of all places. Yeah, here yeah. in Ireland. Here, here in Ireland. But uh, now, um, if you haven't watched the Beckham documentary, this is obviously not sponsored by Netflix because they don't know we exist. Um, <laughs> but uh, Damien's so, a big fan. You're, you're, he's one of your heroes. Yeah, we spoke about it on a on a previous episode. Yeah. Who was our favorite players? Beckham was always my favorite player growing up. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, when you're a kid and. You see it now, kids look at Messi and, and Ronaldo. With with Beckham, for me, like it was always that it was a bit flash. 
Yeah. You know, he's a good looking boy going out with a Spice Girl. Yeah. Well, the, the hair, he was stylish. Well, style is, style is essentially your thing. Style, yeah, yeah. Style is your income he, in a sense. Yeah. So when what, you look at someone like David Beckham and obviously football is your your yeah. biggest hobby. So you blend those two. Yeah, absolutely. And I, like, yeah, yeah. I was a right-sided midfielder when I played football as a child. I wore a number seven, my initials at DB. So obviously yeah. I aligned myself yeah. with this guy. Uh, was I ever as good as Beckham? No. <laughs> not in anything that he does, not in how he looks, not his hair, not his clothes, not his money, not his football, not his... Cross the ball, like... Uh, do you know what I haven't got a bad right peg yeah I can yeah, I can, yeah the accuracy's the accuracy's there yeah. yeah we can ping we can ping 30-40 yards no problem put it on a pence yeah. put it on a pence no issue I used to try and you know ping the ball I actually it likes Paul's goals I, uh, miserably. I remember I remember if anybody is from like the kind of uh, north side of Dublin around the Kulak kind of area uh, where the jeez um, I'm nearly at the falling off my chair there <laughs> <laughs> um where the AFL is now, yeah, football pitches on the Oscar Trainer Road. That used to be a pitch and put years and years and years what ago. Is it? Used to be a pitch and put years ago, right? You're kidding me! I didn't yeah. know that. There's a couple of houses on on Dundaniel Road there now. Kind of, you'll be able to spot them. They're kind of newer bills in comparison to the yeah. rest of the houses. And that used to be a little cul-de-sac. Yeah. And in the back of the cul-de-sac, there used to be a, a broken wall that you could get into the pitch and put without having to go through reception. Yeah. Right. So, I remember seeing uh, a clip of Beckham on a golf course mm-hmm. pinging balls onto the green trying to hit the flag. And I thought to myself, well, if that's how good, if that's how he gets good, yeah. there's a pitch and put right there down the road. So, all I got to do it. Boots on, couple of footballs, went down. <laughs> Lasted 10 minutes before I got barred for life. <laughs> <laughs> Your man might, how old were you? I'd say I was about 10 or 11, I'd say. Your man walked straight out. You. Get out. Get out. Ever see you here again. <laughs> calling the guards. I was like calling the guards on a 10-year-old for playing football in the pitch and port. Relax yourself. And now you can go play foot tee. So just bear in mind, I'm taking credit for that. I invented foot tee when I was 10. Yeah. Really? Well, Beckham obviously did. Beckham. After copying yeah. David Beckham. After, after, after copying Beckham. David Beckham. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, but that goes to show you how influential he was. Yeah. You know no, I mean? He was, massively so. Yeah. Uh, would you class Beckham as the very first influencer? Yeah. I mean, yeah, technically, yeah. Might not have had social media where we do now, but boy, I, boy, far. When I think of that Braille cream, it's just that wavy blonde hair comes to mind. Yeah. You know. And then he shaved it off. Then he shaved it off. Came out with the collar up, the shaved head, the scorned look on his face. He meant business. I have a hot take slash confession. Oh, I had the. You had the shave. Oh, the mohawk. Woo! Get a photo out there. The blonde one, my man. Get a photo out. I, have to get I had the exact same thing. Did I think you? everybody did. <laughs> the blonde in the bit. Do you know what? I wanted the bl- I wanted the blonde, and I was told my hair was too dark. Before you, you clip it, I will send it. a photo that you can put up. In the I will clip not for send a photo. <laughs> I, I <laughs> definitely don't have a photo. I right. you that. <laughs> I couldn't get the blonde in it because um, my hair was too dark. To it would have taken a lot of work to get it blonde. <laughs> so uh, I just. Uh, what am I talking about? Like I always say, Skulls is my best, my favorite player. But then I bought the white Adidas boots as well. Oh. Two thousand and one. I had those boots. Yeah. Did you have those? Yeah. Yeah. And I used to pull Everyone the. I used to pull the tongue all the way down. The oh, length yeah. of the boot the way Bex did. I used to pull the tongue all the way Over down. The laces. Yeah. yeah. I used to pull the tongue all the way down the way Bex did. The Jews used to get a uh, match magazines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember match magazines? Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, they were great. Yeah, they were. I, every week I'd get them. Yeah. But do you remember they used to give you stickers for your boots? Does anyone remember these now? No. So you used to be able to, like, they give you all letters and they give you numbers and they give you, you know, little things. And I used to put oh, them I on your boots and I'd go, obviously, play Saturday morning and they'd be all yeah. gone, obviously. By, but then you just put put new stickers on the boots. Match magazine, man. They were, that was my. Well, I'd rip out the. I'd rip out the little poster things and I'd. My room oh, was yeah. filled. But it was mainly Beckham. And then Ronaldo yeah. came along, and then it started to kind of overflow as as back. As yeah, there <laughs> you go. Ronaldo, sorry. Oh my God, that's oh, exactly what it is. Yeah, a sheet of stickers to stick on your boots. That's hilarious. Um, and then I, because I, I remember, I was around maybe eleven or twelve, getting Match Magazine as well, and a few years before that. But I remember getting four four two and not understanding <laughs> <laughs> what I'd be reading at all. But I just got it for the sake of it. I just... <laughs> yeah. I, I remember um, before, obviously Bex had his boots embroidered with the kids' names or his own names and his jersey number. And uh, 
yeah, I don't think, but like, I don't think me or my parents knew where you could go and bring a boost to be embroidered. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it just ended up being a marker. It just ended up being like a number seven on the tongue pulled all the way down. Do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, and no, it was so it was so funny. Do you know what? Like, I, I, it's so this is so cringe as well. I remember being in PE in school, and anytime I was like taking a shot from kind of far out, like in my head, I'd be like doing commentary. I'm like, yeah, come, come. Do you know, like in my head, like do you know what I mean? <laughs> if anybody ever knew, I'd get even more bullied. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like he was just yeah, he, he was what Ronaldo, what Ronaldo and Messi are, or Mbappe is now. To yeah, kids. that's Beckham was tenfold that. Yeah, because he was the only one with an elite mentality as well. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. A mentality you don't really see in uh, no the game today. If I'm being honest with you, um, another thing I wanted to speak about a little pet peeve last week. What's the story with United not wearing white shorts and white socks? We actually for Champions League. We alluded, we alluded to this, didn't we? We we I know spoke about it. I know it's it's probably of no consequence. This thing is, but it's just a little. It's me, you know, it's me little superstition setting in. They were, didn't they wear all white for one of the, uh, was it the Carabao Cup? The Yeah, the Carabao Cup final. No, even the, the game just gone, the last time they wore all white. Um, did they? I think there's a picture of Brown wearing that new white kit. And I think I think they're wearing, I don't know, I might not but be white short. League, this no, Carabao Cup 23, like. This current short. For Champions League nights in Old Trafford, it's the red jersey, it's the white shorts, and it's just a change of the white socks. What's going on there? I think it's a massive issue. <laughs> I really do. But I think, like, I, I, when we were texting about this during the week, I, you know, pulled up the picture of, you know, Bex, and he's wearing the all-white kit with the white boots. And it, oh, yeah. Oh, that is class, like. 2002, 2003, wasn't it? That was the second... That was the second away kit. And then the third kit was blue. Yeah. Don't make changes to an iconic look. Mm. Yeah. You remember I, Arsenal? I think it was like on their anniversary. Remember they changed their jersey to like wine yes. for one season. Yeah. Now, and it was so weird. Now, do you know what? I... But Munich is wet. Munich, they play around with their jerseys every year. Yeah, big time. Like a, they gr- a green one as well. At some, their their at some home jersey is, is white this, this season. Yeah. I'd say some listeners are now like, oh, for fuck's sake, lads, you're talking about kits. I, no, I, don't, I actually the, don't care. Like, the kits are important. You know, you know, the kits are important. Kits are important. If, if you have a bit of superstition um, about you when it comes to football. Do you know what? It's not even important. that, right? Because we talked about our favourite kits and stuff on previous episodes, and we're obviously alluding to it now. Like, that all week kit, um, you know, I think it was 95, 96, whatever, whatever it was, or like 97, 98. Yeah. You know, with the badge in the middle. The, it was the, for two, they had it for yeah, two. Yeah, so the, the photo that I yeah. sent you, there's a uh, Bex, Bex wearing all, all white with the white boots. And I personally think, see the, the black armband, obviously for, for Fergie's late wife, mm. wife Cathy. Um, I personally think there should be a memorial kit. Yeah. Fuck an armband. You know it should have went out in all black yesterday. A completely blackout memorial kit. There wasn't even a minute silence. Which is fucking atrocious. I think the flag, the United flag, was at half mast. But there should have been a minute silence. That woman was like... Well, bear in mind... may not realise, but she was integral to yeah. her success. Because... Sure isn't there a quote when he wanted to retire? He wants to retire in two thousand and two. He and was he was thinking t- about it. Yeah, she she turned around and said, "Yeah, she turned around and said, um, you're too young. You've too much. You've too much. You've more to do or something yeah, like that. You've more to give. And, yeah. And I can't have you around the house or something." She said. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's exactly that's what it was. And yeah. he he was thinking, "Oh, I've fucking been away from Cathy for so long. I've just been hyper focused on this job. Yeah, absolutely. You know, with Aberdeen, with United. You know, and." She was probably, t- it's mad, she was thinking the complete opposite. Yeah, yeah. And he, by God, he he gave us a lot more yeah. for, the, for the remaining 11 years. Man, well, I, I think an all-black memorial kit would be, yeah. like, not only a nice sentiment, but also it would look class. Yeah, it would. Completely, like, I mean, completely black out. The sponsor's black. Yeah. The Adidas logo's black. The <clears throat> rest is black. Yeah. Like, I think Denmark done it, didn't they, for like, um... For the the World Cup in Qatar, they completely blacked out their kit in protest. Yeah. Um. So like I'm talking that complete blackout kit. 
as, as a memorial. Like you shouldn't even be able to buy the kit. No. That's the whole point. I think the story of how they got together is so interesting as well. Yeah, it didn't it was it didn't wasn't there some like um, But he played for Rangers. Yeah, and there was a bit of a quarrel then because she was she's Catholic. A, she's a Catholic. Yeah, yeah. And um he went against at that time it was, you know, the rivalry was as intense as ever, but he went against the club's wishes and married her. And he said, no, fuck you. I love this woman. Yeah. You know, which goes to show you how. But he didn't have that. He didn't have that mentality when Bex wanted Victoria, though, did he? I know. When Bex was, you know, he had, obsessed he had with all this these woman. players. They were, they were like his, his kids. Yeah. You know. Uh, what did Gary Neville say? He was like Steve his, Martin. His mini means. Yeah. <laughs> Except a lot more strict. I think Gary Neville had <laughs> alluded to that he just created a, a team of mini mates. People that talked like him, yeah. had his mentality, you know, and Bex was obviously quite, quite an individual. I think he always was as, as a as a kid. You can see you can see it in the documentary, uh, and then you can see it now as as yeah. adults. You know what I mean? So, um, I think it was only a matter of time before, you know, Fergie kind of, yeah. you know, lost lost grips and lost control. Also, what did we make of uh, Oligon and Solskjaer swearing? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> did you not see that bit? You've not got there yeah. yet. When he when Fergie kicks the boot and it hits Beckham, yeah, and he goes to uh, <clears throat> to Sol the Solskjaer where you're there, and he goes, "Yeah, I was there. It's my boot." <laughs> 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 Quality line, uh, and then yeah, he, he says that Ferguson was like, "Oh yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah, this," and Beckham was saying like, "Oh no, it wasn't me." And Fergie goes, yeah. "I don't want to fucking hear it," but it's Ollie saying that, and I was like, "Oh Jesus, <laughs> Solskjaer swears." Can I just yeah. state a fun fact as well, Dick? Basically, the the creator of that documentary, the documentarian, the guy interviewing him, is uh, an actor called Fisher Stevens, who plays the role of Hugo in Succession. If you watch Succession, yeah. Hugo as in glasses, long hair? Small guy. He's like the little worm. He goes behind all their backs. You don't know which side he's on. Hugo from Succession. That's hilarious. Fisher Stevens. But uh, did, did you watch the... Uh, overlap episode, the the new one, the, I didn't, the stick no, of football. No, I, it's I, like a round table discussion now. I think what's your one's name? Jill. Yeah, she's on it. Jill Scott. Jill Scott. Roy Neville e. Carragher. Roy E. Kano. Yeah. And then Bex is on it's the a second. It's a weekly thing. Yeah, Bex is on the second episode, uh, talking about the talking about the the doc, and uh, he had actually mentioned the amount of hours of filming that he, that Beckham physically done himself. Yeah, and it, it actually wasn't meant to be that way. It was actually meant to be, he comes in and says like a few lines and it's basically all archival. Yeah. And then after basically one interview, your man said, no, the, the documentary can't be that way. It needs to be this way. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you, need, you need to see a side to the man. Yeah, big know? time. And, and you know what? Yes. Even as United fans growing up, idolising this guy, you think you know. You don't. You don't know. Like I had no idea that his OCD was to the level that it is. Yeah. I had no idea. Had no idea. I had no idea his obsession with his wife. She comes across brilliant. She does. Yeah. But their relationship does. Yeah. Their relationship does. Like there's a there's a scene in I think it's episode one or two or something about um, her being working class, and he goes, uh, "Sorry, <laughs> uh, what car is your dad's wife?" Yeah. Be honest. Be honest. Yeah, be honest. I am being honest. What car is your dad's wife? And she's like, "It's not that simple." And he's like, yeah. "It's a one answer <laughs> question. What car did you make a dad drop you to scale in?" And she goes, "In the eighties, my dad drove a Rolls Royce." And then he just goes, "Thank, Thank you. you," and closes the door. <laughs> the door. And then there's I think it's in the beginning of episode two, and he's gone and he's talking about how how much of a clean Freaky is in the yeah. kitchen and he clips the candle wicks and wipes the inside of the candle yeah. things. Now, I'll be honest, I do that with my candles. <laughs> I have two candles in my apartment. And the reason I clip the wicks is because if you light them, the flame is too high and it freaks me out. Uh, and then the smoke on the inside of the glass also freaks me out. It's disgusting looking. So I can, I can agree with Bex on that, right? Um, and then I also got called out because I didn't realise that he does this uh, and it's something that I do. Um, so on a Monday morning, I basically have a call and we go through my calendar for the week. Yeah. Um, and then basically, depending on what's in the calendar, I'll basically pull outfits out of my wardrobe and stick them on a runner rail. So it, I don't have to go into the wardrobe for the week yeah. unless it's for something else. Uh, and then obviously... there's a But part- you're Damien Broderick. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, my, you know what I mean? kind of my job. It's kind of my job. You know, at the end but, of the, um, it's your job at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just doing his job, you know, clicking and clapping. Yeah. Oh, for the day, let's get dressed. <laughs> it's your job. I don't know what you think. It's your problem. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, I think there's a, a scene in, in that <laughs> that same uh, scene. Um, he calls uh, Victoria out for leaving leaving the jar or something on the counter, and then she goes, oh, "I'm off for I'm off to work," and he goes, "You're off where?" Because I'm off to work. <laughs> I'm off to the fashion factory, and he goes, "Where are you really going?" Facial. Going to get facial. <laughs> Thought so. But I really, and do you know what I love? I, I kind of love her innocence in it and the fact that she says I don't really like football I don't know much about yeah, but, but I, I like, like watching him, him. Yeah. I love that because yeah, that's yeah. that's pure do you know Absolutely. what I mean that's love. so pure that's love it's love you know I think she actually says a line I'd watch him paint a wall yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and that's that is if you go to something that you don't like or don't understand simply to support yeah. your other half, that is all you can ask for from a partner. All you can ask for. And all the fame and everything else aside, if they were two absolute nobodies, like how much they adore each other is fucking unbelievable. Yeah, it is. Do you know what I mean? Like I know, like you're obviously married, married with children, so you've yeah. got an element of that. Dave's obviously married to his job; he's got an element of that. What <laughs> <laughs> um, <How> about you? <laughs> I'm married to myself, apparently. <laughs> 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 I just look in the mirror and go, "Love you." <laughs> Love you. <laughs> <laughs> the reflection doesn't say it back though, which goes, you're a tick. But uh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not there yet. One day, one day, one day. But like, I'm a hopeless romantic. So when I look at that sort of shit, I'm like, if it's not that, I don't want it. Yeah. That's what, like, I'm, I'm, I've been on my own. I'm content on my own. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if it's not that, I don't want it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's that's pure. That it is pure. And him driving hours to spend minutes with her is oh, no. is mental. Like, do you see the clip where he went to Dublin? <laughs> <laughs> it's on the overlap Roy Keane says one solid one liner right so the Spice Girls are playing in Dublin Bex flies over to, to spend yeah. a few hours with her or whatever doesn't tell the gaffer nothing she's on the way back sitting there in the terminal Fergie walks in oh, oh. yeah I heard that yeah yeah. and then Roy Keane Fergie goes he was on the same flight <laughs> yeah on the same oh. flight Roy Keane doing around and goes was he at the concert as well it <laughs> 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 yeah, was brilliant what a line from the Kino. Uh, <laughs> it's a great way uh, just to dispel the tension of that story, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> isn't it? Like, oh, uh, Kino's brilliant. Like, even the line about the pen. You say whatever you want about the cars and the watches. Who the fuck buys a pen? Who the fuck buys a pen? <laughs> um, I, sorry, I know. I just want to move on a little bit. Just yes. something a little bit. <laughs> a little bit more. I know. The Beckham documentary is out now, folks. It is fantastic. Um, I don't think you'll get a better review from any uh, film or TV critic <sighs> in Dublin better than Damon Broderick's here today. Yeah. So 100% now it's fantastic. It's a must-see. Um, I just want to talk about Ten Hag. Was, you know, those two late goals, McTominay getting the winner. Yeah. Was that Ten Hag's Mark Robbins moment? You said yourself he couldn't. What McTominay said? Yeah, I think I read a quote from from McTominay. He said when he was coming on, the um, he was he was asked what what his instructions were. You know what what the what the manager said to him coming on. He said I couldn't couldn't hear the manager because the crowd. So yeah. I couldn't hear what he said. He says he probably told me to go on and score. That's what I've done. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we we alluded to it this morning to, uh, before coming in here. It's been a long time since I heard Old Trafford like that. Yeah. A long time. It was it, it was special. It was special. Do you know what? You know, shit can hit the fan for us, and it, you know things can be as low as ever. But you know, some of the best best supporters in the world are in that stadium. You know, and let's go back again to the Beckham documentary, the Inter Milan game, um, quarter final of the European Cup. Beckham is still at his lowest. He's still getting pelters of abuse from everyone in in England, and. Um, the Old Trafford crowd just decide to sing there's only one David Beckham yeah. to get him going and then he gets the the two assists I yeah. believe yeah. for York, was it York and York twice York twice so that's you know they're a special I, I, they're, a spe- they're a special bunch of they fans are they your, really are they are your 12th man 100% they and, and I, I'm going to put my hands up and say it as well the Arsenal fans are absolutely fucking incredible in the last season or two. Yeah. They are, the atmosphere at that stadium is, has has gone up a notch. Yeah, big time. And Newcastle. 
Newcastle against PSG oh, midweek. But they've always been on another yeah. level. Even when things were shit. Even when they things were shit. They are fantastic. But so you can imagine what it's like when things are good. Yeah. And they're slapping PSG around mm. on a Champions League night. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were cheering every tackle like it was a top bins banger. Oh, I know. It was mental. Crazy. But it's been a long, long time since I've heard Old Trafford like that and it was it was special. And I really hope that this can be a turning point now that McTominay there, I know he's not going to be your catalyst. I know he's not going to be your Beckham. He's not going to be your Cantona. He's no. not going to be a catalyst. But if he can be that personality around the dressing room, mm. comes off the bench to spur us on, ignite the fans, ignite the manager, Ignite his teammates, mm. and hopefully now this is a turning point in the season when we can start to kick on. Yeah. Few players start coming back from injury, and we can start climbing up this fucking table. Get Luke Shaw back in there, please. <laughs> Fully fit, Luke def- Shaw. Any defenders? Any, defend- any defenders? Can I just mention? I messaged McTominay because we follow each other on Instagram Fuck after off. the game. Yeah, I sent him uh, a Tyson Fury slash Jose Mourinho impression. Gas. Then sent back a message. You fucking hero, laughing emojis. Do you want to see it on the camera? He. Um, I need to prove it because people think this guy's a bullshitter. I. Uh, I messaged David Beckham, and uh, obviously. Did you get a message? Back? I didn't mean bollocks. <laughs> I thought he was gonna trump me here. I went up you. I thought he was gonna trump me. I thought he was gonna. He goes, Come you are. <laughs> Come on. I swear, you are the fucking man, and then followed by that voice message. You fucking hero, Scott McTominay. Legend. Legend. He's a good lad, Scott. He's a good lad, and he fucking don't ever question his love for Manchester United Football Club. He loves this club through and through. Yeah, for, since joining his fourth. Yeah. You know, it's nothing but United. Nothing I think he says it in his in his uh, in a quote afterwards, doesn't he? Say it's just like um, you know, I've been brought up with this this club with the mentality that you you don't give up. Yeah, and he watched the documentary. He watched he, the, he watched he the documentary. Wanted, yeah, you know, he wanted to. That's what you do it for. He said the the, the like people type of people, the kit man, the receptionist, the receptionist. And it's amazing. Go back to the Beckham documentary again, but it's amazing what something like that can do yeah. to just change the. The focus changed yeah, the mood of, if you're, of like, if you're someone like McTominay that spent your whole life at the club, you obviously look at that documentary. You obviously look at the impact that yeah. that club has on so many people. Yeah. And you obviously look at, at Beckham who spent the majority of his career oh, it's, it's at, at the club. And, and obviously if you're someone like McTominay, you go put yourself in those all-white Adidas boots with the tongue pulled all the way I, I know we're in, we're in, you know, we're coming up to an international break now for the next two weeks. And I see a lot of tweets, you know, why we were losing all oh, the international break, you know, can't come any sooner. People are just looking forward to that. I I still, as a United fan, I want to watch my team constantly. I know, obviously, we were playing Greece on Friday. Hopefully, things go well there. But I want to watch United all the time. I yeah. love this club so much. Even when things are in the shitter, things are really bad. I love this club so much yeah. because I always have that hope that things can turn turn around. And the last couple of minutes, those McTominay goals, that, that's, that's what being a United fan is all about. Moments like that. It is, 100%. Do you know what I mean? Should we be slapping Brentford around 4-0? Absolutely. Yeah. But that's not how football works. That's not how football works. Do you know what I mean? And for the fans that are, you know... Did you see that rant procl- fella and all? <laughs> Fuck me. That proclaiming to have these, you know, non-existent standards that aren't happy with this... Sorry, we see through the facade. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Player agendas and all this other Bullshit. Like, I just want to, as well, sorry, I know we're maybe a bit short on time. I want to talk about Haaland just for a, for a minute or two and his body language. I think he's had enough. Yeah. Just watching him yesterday, I'm thinking, fuck, he wants to. He doesn't want to beat it. He looks fed up, doesn't he? He looks fed up. He's done it, he's, he's done it all. Is he fed up by referees, though? Or is he fed up of... No, I, fed up I, I think he's... I could sense it from the Burnley game. Yeah. I, even though he scored two goals in I, the game. I think there might be a case like Man City play in such a... a and it's not just City, it's every pep team. Once he moulds the team to a certain way, you had it at Barca. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I think Henri has a quote where he said, like, you know, I hadn't touched the ball in a few minutes. So I went over to the right-hand side to get involved in the game and I scored. And then I was turfed off at half-time yeah. because Pep said, that's not the game plan. Yeah, don't care if he scored and I think although they won the treble although we've smashing records left right and centre I think you know being called out by some of your other other players that have 
bought into this mentality and this philosophy so mm. deeply where he turned around and said, well, Ireland's not doing his job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and to him, my job's to score goals. Yeah. Don't care how I get them. I broke the fucking record. My job is to put the yeah. ball in the net. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care about anything else. That is my job. He has eight goals already though, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's still on it. On <sighs> yeah, the, on of course. It. But I think that might be where he's getting slightly fed up because there is an element of being restricted in a pep team. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? oh, there's, there's a there is a robotic uh, kind of. He had those issues for the first few games last season as well, mm. but it could be the case. You don't have a De Bruyne in there. You don't have a Rodri like Rodri, especially. Jeez, it shows you how the the drop in quality in Man City when, when they don't when that have man Rodri play. on that. Pitch. Yeah, big. He's one. easily one of the best players in the world. Oh yeah, big time. But I think I just just judging by his body language. Thinking, fuck, is he is he thinking of Real Madrid? He's looking at Madrid I don't, playing Jose Lu up front. I don't understand how Madrid aren't going hell bent for this guy. Yeah. They've tried so much with Mbappe. It'd be easier to to try and but get him out of If you look if you Mbappe. look if you look at Madrid, right? Who gets who gets you more goals and more trophies? Mbappe or Haaland? Haaland. Hands down. Hundred percent. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. I I don't see where Mbappe slots into Madrid's team. You're not going to drop Vinny for him. No. You're just not. Do you know what I mean? But Haaland starts every week. The prospect of him and Jude Bellingham playing together. The fact that Jude Bellingham has 10 goals already from the midfield is a piss take. Best player in the world at the moment. This guy's a joke. He is. People laughed at me last week. Well, you're not laughing now. But no, he... He, for me, at the moment, current form... Best player in the world. Yeah, he's unbelievable. The kid is fucking unreal. He's 20. 20. He's 20. He's 20. No, I, 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 like. Did you see his interview when your man goes, you know, you know, young 28 year old, and he goes, 28? He goes, I'm 20. He's put eight years on me. And then your man then backtracks, oh, you're playing like a 28 year old. (laughs) (laughs) But like, you remember everyone laughed at Birmingham for retiring the jersey? Yeah. That decision. You're not laughing now. You're not laughing now. It looks more logical every week. Yeah. What a player. Yeah. Another one we missed out on. <laughs> yeah, I think Ollie wanted him, didn't he? Ollie wanted on. him. Ollie wanted Ollie Haaland wanted as well. Him. And Kamavinga. Imagine the t- imagine the team we'd had if you just let Ollie boy who he wanted, I even know. if he wasn't the dugout. No, do you know what? We didn't speak about the Glazers this week, and I'm happy we can leave that for next year. Yeah. But also, that's not because we won, record. right? No. Just putting that out no. there, it's not because we got a result. We're still in the shitter. We're, yeah, we are still in the shitter. We didn't get time to talk. I hope if we have time next week, actually we will because not much is happening. I want to talk about the issues with the the ticketing. Yes, the, the, the game. Yes, the so that was a huge, huge topic Talk which we will touch on next week because, because obviously we have international breaks, so we can dive in deep into yeah. that, uh, which is a joke. So on that note, folks, yeah. the jersey number of uh, Mr. Hoyland up front. This has been episode eleven yeah. of the United Way. I am Damien Broderick. I'm Al Foran. That's Dave. Yo. <laughs> uh, we shall see you next Tuesday here on the United Way absolutely and just before we leave we may have a special guest next Tuesday ooh, ooh, ooh. and it's More not Darren to be it's not Darren Conway <laughs> <laughs> see you next week folks. see you bye subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Loud app